the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. In this episode, Dave leads a study on the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. The main reading is 1 Samuel chapter 6. months ago we had a series on the Holy Spirit and I am finished there really because um, as it's been weighing on me we need to be more and more people of we are uh, supposedly Pentecostal which we, we emphasize preach on we were bathed and birthed in the Holy Spirit and we need him and we need to know who he is and what he's done and we looked at all those things we looked at who he is what he's what his names his symbols positive responses negative responses uh, to be led by him uh, baptized and filled with him and I suppose I'm going backwards tonight because we're going to talking about the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and of course um, uh, as we so often say the Old Testament um, uh, revealed new in the old revealed the old in the new uh, revealed concealed I should say new and so we see uh, in the Old Testament the Holy Spirit coming on specific people for specific tasks um, and not a deluge on everyone. Um, but of course, when Pentecost came, that all changed. Where every man, woman, boy and girl who received the Lord, who was filled with the Spirit, can be received, receive the Spirit and be filled uh, and overflowing with Him. Um, word Spirit in the Old Testament is the word Ruach, which depending on the context means breath or wind or to breathe out violently and of course you'll if you ever read ezekiel 37 you'll see the same word translated wind or breath or spirit depending on the context of course um but it does suggest the spirit of god is the breath of god it's of course we took remember we took one essence three distinct persons father is the director uh, jesus the son is the administrator but the executive member of the trinity is the holy spirit he's the one who's uh, in one sense doing the work and we see him right back in the beginning of time we see right back in Genesis chapter 1 and 1 and 2 let's read those verses in the beginning God created the heavens the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters so there we see of course God plural Verb, singular, so we, we got, God's telling us something there, but he's telling us straight away, the Holy Spirit, what is he doing? He's brooding, it's a lovely word, brooding, over the face of the deep, ready for the word of the Lord, so he can go and create, so he can go and do the work of the Lord. Um, and of course, the word and the Spirit always go together. Without the Spirit, the word is gone, and without uh, the word... Spirit, we can be easily diverted. But so he's brooding, he's hovering, he's moving over the face of the deep. And so we see straight away in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is the creator and the sustainer of life as well. Um, Gen- uh, Psalm 33. Psalm 33. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses let all the earth feel alone let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him uh, by the breath of his mouth spirit by the breath of his mouth he creates the star where we someone was listening to somebody's a star breather 
breathes them out. And that's an awesome uh, picture in itself, the breath of God, the power of God to create. The Holy Spirit is the one who is the executive who goes and creates. Psalm 104. These shall all wait upon thee, that thou mayest give them their meat in due season, that thou gavest them they gather. Thou openest thine hands, they are filled with good. Thou hidest thy face, they are troubled. Thou takest away their breath, they die, and return to their dust. Thou sendest forth thy spirit, they are created, and thou renewest the face of the earth. So... He sends for the Spirit to create and to sustain. So the Holy Spirit is the one who is uh, active and working. When we read Job, and Job is saying, as long as there are breath within me, the breath of God is in my nostrils. And of course, the, the distinguishing factor between animals and man is that God created, and he, what the Bible says, he breathed life into man. Uh, animal is not spirit. He can't relate to God. He can't be in relationship with God. He has animal instincts. He does uh, what his instincts tell him. Uh, he doesn't have no conscience, does he? Never seen a, a lion crying after he killed a zebra. I wish I hadn't done that, he said. You know, he's crying by the side. No, 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 he gets stuck in, doesn't he? And if any another lion comes and butts in, he's, he's in the way. Get out of the way. And even Elihu, in Job, what does he say? I'm about to open my mouth, my words are on the tip of my tongue. Of course, he thought he knew, but even though he said some truths, my word comes from the upright, my sincere. The Spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. That's Holy Spirit. He's the life giver. He's the life breather. He brings life and he creates life and he sustains life. Natural life, and of course, as we said before, spiritual life. Without him, we're not convicted, we're not convinced, we're not converted. We're not changed. We're not consecrated. You can all the seeds there. We're, we're, we're nothing without him. It's his work. He's the one who draws us. He's the hound of heaven, we call him, don't we? He's the one who pursues. And we see him uh, in the Old Testament, uh, sort of concealed, but at work all the time. And of course, as we know, we've read it many times. Psalm 139. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. And of course, just to underline his divinity, he's omnipresent. He is everywhere. Where can we go? Can we, can we run away from you? No, no, no. I love the story of the prodigal. The Bible is very clear. He goes to the furthest, furthest part away from his father's house. He's going. The Bible is very clear, isn't it? So, so Jonah did, didn't he? The Bible says he takes the, the, the boat in the opposite direction. And I uh, think we can run away from God. It, it is laughable, but... Um, you know, we think, even now, we think we can still hide things from the Lord, don't we? Uh, you know, uh, in, in the secret places, we may see and do things that uh, no, no one else is seeing, but the Lord sees, and we think, what are you doing, you know, sometimes. So we see in the Old Testament, though, that the, the Spirit's work is seen to empower. The Spirit is said to be in Joseph, Joshua, Ezekiel, to come upon people, to be filled with the Spirit of God, to do a specific task. Or to empower us to do a specific thing. The first thing we notice um, right back at the beginning, Joseph was filled with the Spirit uh, for wisdom. For wisdom. And uh, the Spirit of God brings wisdom to us. Uh, Genesis 41. 
So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. See, the, the world recognized the wisdom. And, and they, didn't, they knew it wasn't worldly wisdom because they, they, they framed, as we said before, the spirit of the gods, uh, you know, that wisdom. They understood it was divine, it wasn't his own. And, and uh, Joseph, um, the word of the Lord tested him, uh, Psalm says, it tried him. He had to go through much difficulty, but out of it came the anointing of God, the touch of God, the Holy Spirit upon him to bring wisdom, to bring wisdom. How about Daniel, Daniel 5. The queen, hearing the voices of the king and his nobles, came into the banquet hall. May the king live forever, she said. Don't be alarmed, don't look so pale. There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. In the time of your father, he was found to have insights and intelligence and wisdom like that of, like that of gods. Your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed him chief of the, of the magicians, enchanter, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. Uh, he did this because Daniel, Daniel, whom the king called Bel Teshar, was found to have a keen mind and knowledge and understanding and also the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel, and he will tell you what the writing means. So we see Daniel, again, age got nothing to do with it because he started as a young man, the Spirit of the Lord, and now, as we said before, he's an old man, very old man there, but the Spirit of God was still upon him, in him, and to, be, to bring in part the wisdom of the Lord. And of course, the Queen Mother came in and said, what are you doing, you... To uh, Bel Belshazzar, what are you doing? <laughs> I love that story. It makes always makes me laugh. He was pale; his knees were knocking. The Bible said, and then the Lord came with the word of the Lord, which was quite severe, wasn't it? And, and that night, that was the end of it. Uh, but wisdom from on high um, that He brings, that is beyond us. And you know what? We need that, don't we? The Bible says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. Let him ask. We have the mind of Christ. Why? Because we are saved. But we have to allow that to be to have, have its way. Holy Spirit, take control. Be in control. Surrender. Of course, it always comes to surrender and transformation. Um, uh, Romans one, uh, Romans twelve one and two. Uh, tran uh, surrender and transformation. So we see Him bringing wisdom. Wisdom. We need wisdom. Holy Spirit is ours. He's in us, Lord. I, and so often, what do we do? We make a decision without consulting. And then we want him to pick up the pieces after we've made that bad decision, that rush decision, never rush, as we said before, take your time, say, Lord, what do you want you? So there's the wisdom of the Lord. But what it, the great thing about it, he brings great abilities. The Holy Spirit is the one who gifts us and, and uh, puts gifts in us. And on us, see, sometimes we're concerned about this and that. You know, God is not concerned. God is more interested, as we said before, our character, our character, our character. Why? Because 
uh, we have to, there's, a, there's a participation there. We have to go with him, surrender to him, be obedient to him for our character to change. He does that, the Holy Spirit. But when it comes to gifting, the Lord can give a gift to you in a moment. If he wants you to be, you know, whatever, he can drop it into your heart and, and, and put it on you. But he, he is the one that gifts. What about this man? Uh, uh, Exodus 31, 1 to 5. Bezalel and Aholiab. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, <coughs> son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, the skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of craftsmanship. Fill him with the Spirit mm -hmm. to prepare the tabernacle for God to come. There's, a, there's an anointing, isn't there, of, of people that can prepare the way for the Lord to come. And uh, if you've ever seen uh, someone who's, who's, who's anointed to lead worship, you'll, you'll know the difference between that and, uh, uh, you know, someone who's just playing along, as we so, so often can. But there he is, Bizarre uh, Um however you want to say it, uh, gifted, filled with the Spirit, why to do the work of the Lord. To do the work of the Lord. That's amazing. Powerful. God is the God who gives us the ability to put upon us. But more than that, he wants to empower us uh, when we are weak, when we need something. Wrong. There's a lovely story of Samson. We've got a few verses there. Samson 49, 15. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power, so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands, <laughs> as he might have torn a young goat. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. As he approached Lehi, the Philistine came towards him, shouting, The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. The ropes on his arms became like charred flax, and the bindings dropped from his hands. Finding a fresh jawbone of the donkey, he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men. That's the power of the Lord. The, the Spirit of the Lord. Of course, in Judges, the Spirit of the Lord, when the Spirit of the Lord is talked about, it's always entirely associated with victory, military victory. And uh, just remember now, I don't know if you've ever been close to a lion, have you? <laughs> it was, yeah. I, if you've ever been close to a lion, you'll see his hands, his hands, his paws, as, as big, bigger than your hands, and uh, they're about, give a shake, 30 stone. <laughs> And he's not, he's, not, he's, not a, he's not carrying any weight, is he? He's 30 stone of muscle. And the Bible says of uh, Samson, he tore him, <laughs> tore him apart. Now that's power. That's the power of God. Now of course it's physical here. Then the Bible sometimes needs to give us physical strength. They wait upon the Lord, shall renew their strength. But of course much more important is spiritual strength, character strength, soul strength. And of course, the Bible is very, very clear. The power that raised up Christ from the dead, the spirit who raised Christ from the dead, is in you, is yours. Is the life of Christ is in us. The power of God is there. And we see that power, awesome power, uh, that uh, he gave Samson, um, even in his weakness. Oh, bless the Lord. Um, we see that with Gideon. Gideon, that weak, feeble, coward, um, 
understandably if you look at the context of that, but the Bible says uh, when he dealt with the idolatry in, in the camp, when he dealt with the Bible says the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he blew the trumpet and they knew the hand of the Lord was upon him to lead and to take the victory over the enemy. So when he was obedient, when the Lord visited him, and of course it was a bit of a conflap, wasn't it? Oh, he said, Where have you, where's the Lord been all this time? And the Lord says, I've been telling you what's going wrong. Uh, but he listened, and then he, um, he bows the knee. This is a beautiful verse, uh, Zechariah. Zechariah 4. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth his headstone. Therefore, with shoutings, crying, uh, grace, grace unto them. Again, the context, they've come back from Babylon. Zerubbabel was the first one back. And of course, he was from the line of David to, to, to the Messiah. He comes back, they lay the foundations of the temple. They set up the altar. Everything's going well. They begin to sacrifice, and then there's opposition. So much so that they stopped building for at least 15 years. So then Haggai and Zechariah come in and said, Oh, yo, yo, what are you doing? He said, You, you built your own homes, but the, the temple, the house of the Lord is still unbuilt. Come on. I love Haggai because he doesn't, he, he's not a man of many words. He says this The word of the Lord says, I am with you. Now, that's, uh, sometimes that's all we need, isn't it? From the Lord, I'm with you. And then uh, he comes and he says to Zerubbabel, Look, he said, Look, not by might nor by power because remember he was from that dynasty of, of Daniel of, of David and Solomon where might and power were theirs God given yes but might and there was nothing left of them was it they came back with 40 odd thousand of them they were surrounded by enemies uh, they looked and there was a, just all chaos it was just all rubble wasn't it we, we, we know that from Nehemiah the walls were broken down the temple was broken down just a, a absolute mess, and their, their might and their power, there was nothing. But he said, "Isn't that by my spirit says the Lord?" And the great thing about it is that the darker the times uh, are, the more God can get the glory, and the, and the, you know, the more we rely upon Him, the more we say, "Lord, unless You move, we're in trouble." I love the prayer of Joshua, Lord. We don't know what to do, <laughs> but our eyes are on You. Our eyes are on you. And when he moves, it's all his glory, isn't it? Because sometimes don't we, we can be pretty good at saying, oh, I was a bit of me, mind. <laughs> I was pretty good. No, it's all of him. It's about him. It's all of him. And that's what you see to Zerubbabel. Look, your lineage, wonderful, because I'm going to bring the Messiah through you. But it isn't about that. It's about the Spirit of God who would come and bring power and power to empower us. Bless the Lord. Amen. Also, to bring the word of the Lord. Micah, Micah 3. But as for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord, and the justice of might, to declare to Jacob his transgressions, to Israel his sin. See, the Bible is very clear about the prophets, um, uh, as we read in two, only one New Testament verse tonight, 2, Timothy, 2 Peter. Uh, we'll see the prophets were, wouldn't speak in their own words, they were speaking the word of the Lord. And in, in that um, context, Micah, he was challenging the, the priests, the leaders, and the false prophets, because they were bringing words that the people wanted to hear. There'll be peace. Everything's okay. You don't have to change. No, everything's God. God's merciful. God's hesed. Ooh, God is hesed. 
So it doesn't matter, everything's okay. And, and Micah comes and says, well, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm going to speak the word of the Lord now. There's going to be judgment. Why? Because of your transgressions. And uh, every prophet we see <laughs> always went against the grain. I love it. Again, I, I don't know about you, but I, I chuckle at some of the stories. And uh, Ahab and Joshaphat are there, and they're saying, uh, Joshaphat, again, made a mistake by allying, him, allying himself to uh, Ahab. But anyway, he says, look, if we're going out to war, we want to win a word of the Lord. Get the prophets in it. And all these prophets are in this. Yes, we're going to win. Go and take it. Go and take it. And one makes something up, these horns, and said, oh, you're going to... This is where... And then um, Joshua, uh, Joshua says, mm, I don't think this is a word. Let's, where's the, is any real prophet here? And Ahab said, yeah, there's one, Micaiah. But I don't like him because he never says anything nice about me. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he said, get him here. And before he comes, they nobble him and says, now you make sure your word, you know, corresponds to these prophets and, and my guy said look i've got to say what the lord tells me now it would be so easy for him to say yeah i'll go along because you know this is going to cost him this is going to cost him the word of the lord you see when we talk about the spirit of the lord upon us is wonderful is mighty because he's with us and he but it is costly sometimes because he's going to speak the word of the lord micaiah comes and says yes go and attack and uh, be mighty be victorious and Ahab said, I told you don't say anything nice. And then he goes into the prophetic word and said, ah, I saw Ahab and he's going to be, <laughs> he said the, the false spirit in these prophets, uh, false uh, uh, lies in these prophets' mouths. And he said, yeah, you're going to go, but you're not going to come back. And uh, so he said, put him in jail, give him bread and water for a bit until I come back. And he said, if you come back, I'm not a prophet of the Lord, he said. Um, and he speaks the word of the Lord. And uh, when the spirit of the Lord is upon us, we begin to speak the word of the Lord. 2 Peter 1. 1921. We are also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye did well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in the dark place, mm -hmm. until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in the old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost moved and again some lovely stories in the old testament in numbers 11 remember um moses needed people to help him and he said right choose 70 men choose 70 men and uh, he said i'll take the spirit upon you and i'll put it on them and the bible says as the, as the spirit of the lord fell and they began to speak the word of the lord they began to prophesy and two men hadn't turned up remember the two men can't remember the names. They didn't turn up, but they even the spirit of the, they were prophesying. And a, in a young man comes and says, "They are prophesying. They are here, but the Lord has touched them." And Joshua said, "Oh, we should we'll go and stop them? Go and stop them." And Moses, the beauty. This is not just a, a heart cry, but a prophetic word. And he says, "Ah, don't be jealous for me." He said, "I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put His spirit on them." And uh, that was fulfilled, of course, in the New Testament. And, and Paul himself said, I wish you all would, all would prophesy. All would prophesy. There's no reason why you can't all speak the word of the Lord uh, when the Lord is upon us. And again, Saul, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Saul. Remember he said, uh, he came to Samuel and said, Samuel, I'm going to anoint you. He said, no, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go up, you're going to find the donkeys. But at the same time, the, the, the school of the prophets, the, the prophets are going to come down. And they're gonna, the Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you. You're going to prophesy and you'll never be the same again. Never be the same, it would be a different man, and that's what happened. And uh, again, another story one, one uh, Samuel 19, which 
uh, shows the power of the Lord. But again, I, I love I love the word of the Lord. It, it does make me again uh, chuckle because he's after he's after David, isn't he? He's after David. He sends he sends a, a, some men to go and find him uh, in Naoth. He's gone he's gone to, gone with Samuel to Naoth because they know he's he's going to kill him. Uh, so he sends his his, his, his group. And as they come, the prophets come, and they're just about to take, take David and Samuel, and the Spirit of the Lord comes upon them, and they begin to prophesy. He sends another group, same thing. See, you can't defeat the word of the Lord. You can't defeat the, the anointing of God, the Spirit of God. It doesn't matter who you are, all the might in the world. And then he sends another, and the same thing happens again. And he says, well, I'll go myself. And the Bible says he turns up, and the Spirit of the Lord even falls on him, even though he's far from God by now. And the Spirit of the Lord, as we just read, has left him. He came on him in 1 Samuel 10, but he's now left him. But at that moment, he comes into the presence of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and it hits him, and he's down on the floor for hours, the Bible says, prophesying. That's the power of God, and that's what we need, the Holy Spirit. You know, we need God's Word, faithful God's Word we do, but without the Spirit, we will have no effect. But when the Spirit is moving, signs and wonders that people will be queuing up to get the touch from God, to be healed by God. And that's what we are desperately seeing. Spirit of God touching us. It's a lovely picture of, of David. The Bible says there in 1, in one uh, Samuel 16, the, the, the Holy Spirit came upon him, clothed him, wrapped around him. Um, and then at the end of his life, he's speaking. 2, 2 Samuel 23, he said, The Spirit of the Lord has spoken through me. The Spirit of the Lord has spoken through me. His word is on my tongue. And in one uh, Chronicles 28, when he's, he's laid out the plans of the temple, he said, the Spirit of the Lord has given me these plans. And it started as a young man when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Now he had ups and he had downs. Mm-hmm. And he, he, but you know, you, you notice his heart. Uh, and if you read Psalm 51, he knew what it was. He could see in Saul, the Spirit of the Lord had left Saul. What was his prayer? Do not take your Spirit from me. Do not take, when he fell into sin, there was brokenness, there was repentance, and there was a, a calling on God. Lord, I've seen it happen before. That's why we need to, that's why we need the word. We need to remind ourselves the Bible is given for our instruction. He, seen, he saw souls starting mightily, powerfully, but then pride and disobedience, rebellion coming in, the Spirit of the Lord leaving him. And he said, Lord, don't take it from me. I've seen it. Don't let it happen to me. Why? Because he knew without the Spirit of the Lord, he would be uh, nothing, nobody. He would fall away. And so that's his heart. And uh, the direction of the Lord, well, of course, Nehemiah said, as they were praying, confessing, Nehemiah 9, they said, Lord, you give your good spirit to direct us, to instruct us, to make us circumspect. Psalm 143, teach me to do your will, O Lord, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on righteous, upright, level ground. So we see in the Old Testament, uh, the, the Spirit of God uh, anointing certain specific people, empowering them to do certain specific jobs. But even in the Old Testament, it was pointing, pointing forward to that day where the Holy Spirit would come and save and deliver and come in and on every man and woman who would receive the Lord. Um, we see his work even right back at the beginning, Genesis 6, what does it say? The Holy Spirit will not always strive um, so that's when uh, our days were cut to 120 then because he said he will not always contend with man mm-hmm. there is a point where the Holy Spirit who does pursue and plead and hound people but there's a point who knows when that point is where 
people have, it's too late, too late. Because um, he does not always strive, does not always strive, but he is the one who certainly has got more, more uh, persistence than me and you, thankfully. Bless the Lord. But here we are, right at, right at the Old Testament, looking forward. Ezekiel 36. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So you know, the Lord was looking ahead at what he wanted to do. Remember, this was the, the preamble to what, see, the two great events. The, uh, Isaiah foretold the Spirit of the Lord coming and working with the Messiah, coming on the Messiah to bring salvation. And then Joel, as we read in a moment, said, look, in the last days, uh, I will pour my Spirit on all flesh. Bless the Lord. Let's read that. Joel 2. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth. Blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. See, and Peter, on the day of Pentecost, takes all that prophecy and says, this has begun. This starts today. Uh, he changes it and says, uh, of course, I, in Joel said afterwards, he said, in the last days. So it's the last days then. How many years ago? Not quite 2,000. So we must be in the last of the last. Uh, but that's, that's what he is. Pour out my spirit. What do we need tonight? We have it all. The Bible says God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. If we will avail ourselves. Why? We see the Holy Spirit just permeating the Old Testament with those people that he, he brings those things that they need. Now the Bible says he's poured out. He's sure. He's ready to do anything that we need from him we can receive the bible says um the power that uh, uh, ephesians 1 he said remember the the wonderful things that the inheritance the power the, the the hope that we have and the power that's ours that raised christ is yours is ours tonight bless the lord amen holy spirit in the old testament uh, then uh, fulfilling the word of the lord in the new and continuing to do that bless the lord amen We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.